listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. I wanted to hit this. As I said, I don't often do, there's my father, I don't often do, um, you know, end times Bible prophecy broadcasts, but I thought this is a very interesting thing, and uh, I wanted to share it with you. Uh, get your coffee, get your drink, whatever you got, Zevia, get ready. Um, I was going through some articles online, and then I was going through social media, and actually somebody sent me this. Now, let me say before I play any videos or show you anything, that in the landscape in which we're living, you never know if people are doing things for clicks and views. Uh, you don't know that if stuff's made up, if stuff is faked. And now, by the way, with AI, they are literally modeling everything. Alex, my nephew, found a website that will now, through AI, model your voice. So you just feed it a bunch of examples of your voice. He just gave it a bunch of these YouTube videos from the broadcast and it modeled my voice so perfectly that I thought it was me. And then once the voice is modeled, you can type in whatever you want and it'll say whatever you want. You can even change the emotion with which it speaks. And so um, he, he created my voice through AI and then sent it to one of our workers, Lilia, and fired her. <laughs> he fired her through the, the AI voice. It's so real. I, I was tricked. I thought it was me. I thought it was me. So uh, I understand that. Okay, no problem. I, I, I understand that. But I do know what's about to happen. I do know what the Bible says. <laughs> and so uh, this is very interesting. There's a show, I won't mention it because I don't want anybody to be offended, but there's a show uh, that kind of gives future pictures uh, of what a dystopian future could look like, very realistic, very realistic, um, because things, technology is already in place, things like that. But I want to read to you before we do this, and again, you used to be called a conspiracy theorist for talking like this, like you did all the time. I can only imagine what people uh, had to go through preaching Bible prophecy in the days where the technology wasn't even available to facilitate some of these things that the Bible says will come to pass. Um, people look at you like you have three heads, but the Bible is very clear. And again, I understand the book of Revelation is apocalyptic literature, but we read the Bible literally unless there's some reason not to do that. And um, so in Revelation 13, a passage that has interested people for 2,000 years, Revelation 13, um, I want to read this, verses 16 and 17, speaking of the second beast, the second beast. Um, and in fact, I'll, I'll start reading from verse number 11. So if you've got this, put it in the comments, Revelation 13, starting in verse 11, going to verse 17. Revelation 13, 
verses 11 through 17. I want you to listen to this real quick. Then I saw another beast rising out of the earth. It had two horns like a lamb and it spoke like a dragon. It exercises all the authority of the first beast in its presence and makes the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast whose mortal head, uh, mortal wound was healed. Now, some people believe and read that and say, you know, it's very possible that the Antichrist will be assassinated and either he will appear to be dead and then look as though he was raised from the dead or for the purpose of prophecy being fulfilled, the Lord will actually allow him to be raised from the dead. Again, look at this. He is trying to mimic what Jesus did. And the Bible says that his mortal wound was healed. It performs great signs, even making fire come down from heaven to earth in front of people. And by the signs that it's allowed to work in the presence of the beast, it deceives those who dwell on the earth, telling them to make an image for the beast that was wounded by the sword and yet lived. And it was allowed to give breath to the image of the beast so that the image of the beast might even speak and might cause those who would not worship the image of the beast to be slain. Now listen to this, verses 16 and 17. Also, it causes all, that's all people, both small and great, both rich and poor, both free and slave, to be marked on the right hand of the forehead, so that no one can buy or sell unless he has the mark. That is, the name of the beast or the number of his name. See that. That is the name of the beast, the number of his name. All people to receive a mark in their right hand or in their forehead. And they can't buy or sell unless they have that mark. You know, back in the day, I mean, people didn't know if that was a tattoo or what it was, but it didn't quite make sense that how could you stop people from being able to buy and sell? Well, it's pretty easy to understand now um, with all of the technology that we have. It's, it's very, very plausible that you could control people's ability to buy or sell. It's very plausible now that we have the technology. And so it's like these RFID chips and uh, what we have in our phones, Apple Pay, Google Pay, Samsung Pay. It's like what we have in the Apple Watch, same chip, just move to the watch. And so I came across um, a couple of videos. Now, again, I don't, I'm just saying this because I know people will even watch this later. People that don't know me will watch this later. And um, I don't know if this girl is legit or if she's not legit, just doing things for clicks and views. But the, the technology that she is showing is legit. It is, it's been available uh, all the way back as far as 1996 for civilians to receive, 1996. But I want to play, she put out two videos on uh, her Instagram and on TikTok, and she's in Australia, by the way. And um, there are other nations like Australia, like Sweden, like Norway, who um, are already adopting these things uh, for, for things as simple as getting into your office building to go to work. But uh, I want to play the first one for you. Uh, and then and then we'll talk about it. So take a look at this video and then we'll and then we'll talk about it. 
I put a microchip in my arm and it's the best thing ever. This chip is a powerhouse. It's got everything I need. A credit card, my ID, my medical info, and even my keys. And when it's time for groceries, you just tap your wrist and bam, transaction done. It's like magic. In a medical emergency, it can save my life. Experts can easily identify me and my medical history. I feel like a sci-fi character and I'm loving it. This amazing chip is totally free. That's right, no more digging into your pockets. And the best part, the surgery is quick. He'll give you a cookie afterwards. So, yes, I posted this on my, on my Instagram. So this girl, <clears throat> and I don't know if, if this is legit or not. Uh, I, I looked through her Instagram page. Um, and, and so I'm not, I'm not quite sure. I know that the technology is real. That's for sure. No question about that. In fact, there was a corporation. I did. I preached about this before. I've done articles on this. There was a corporation that um, used to be called, they're not called this now, they rebranded after getting so much bad press. Um, there was a corporation that was called Verichip Corporation, Verichip. And that was Australia, by the way. Um, there was a corporation called Verichip Corporation, and they were experimenting with RFID chips, that's radio frequency identification chips. Uh, implanted the first <clears throat> first families in America in Florida in 1996. And same thing she's saying, medical information, IDs, uh, financial information, all that stuff is stored on that chip so that, as she said, if you're ever in a medical emergency, they already have all of your medical information on file in the chip. Um, you can pay for things, all of, all that stuff. So talking about what she's saying, lets you into your apartment, lets you into your job. They're already, by the way, doing this in, Sw in Sweden, in Norway, places like that. Uh, they may be doing it in Australia, where by a chip, they allow you to get in and out of your office building, different, different things like that. And so it's not like we don't know that technology exists. It absolutely exists. It's the same stuff that they put in our you know, smartwatches, smartphones. It's just that now they're transferring next logical step. They're transferring them into people's bodies. Um, and then if you ever forgot your phone or if you ever forgot your watch or didn't wear it, you would still have uh, all of that information on your person. Um, and you say, wow, how convenient. I've always said, I've always said that when they introduce that technology, that it will come in the form of convenience. I've always said that. And I know a lot of ministers have said that. It will always come in the form of convenience. Oh man, how convenient. I don't need my wallet, like she said. No more digging around in your purse to find your wallet, to find your keys, whatever. So that I knew. It's gonna be something people are like, oh, that's amazing, I, I, I want that, I wanna go grab that. And, um, and so I know that it, I, I know, I've known for a while that it exists. The thing that's interesting to me about all of this is that once you get to that place of um, a digital ecosystem where everything's a fully digital ecosystem, I'm gonna play a second video from this girl that was posted like two or three days later after she posted that one. I'll play that for you in a second. But once you take everything into this digital ecosystem, then uh, everything changes. Every single thing changes 
when you jump into a totally, now we have a digital ecosystem, but it's not exclusive, right? Uh, what do I mean by that? We also have the analog versions, <laughs> if you will, of what we're talking about. We still have actual IDs. We still have actual medical information that's not only digitized. We actually have cash still, you know, that we can pay for things via cash, which I'm gonna talk more about that in a minute. But when you go out of that, of it just being optional to being mandatory and you're in a fully um, digital ecosystem, everything changes, everything does. And I believe that this is the type of technology that is necessary, a version of it anyway, to facilitate the prophecies that are found in Revelation chapter 13. Now, I believe those are literal uh, prophecies that no man will be able to buy or sell unless, I don't believe that's figurative. I don't believe that's uh, somehow we need to read into that, that it means something deeper. I believe literally that people will not be able to buy or sell anything unless they have received the mark, which I believe will be an actual mark of some kind in their right hand or in their forehead. Um, this seems as though, I'm not, not prophesying saying this is it, I'm saying this seems as though it's something that could facilitate those prophecies, bring them to pass. And uh, it's obviously doing the things that the prophecies said would happen. Well, then you see it all taking place, and then you see this girl's second video, which I actually, sad, but I had to laugh, because it's like, that was quick, it was like a two or three day turnaround on this, on this video thing. So here's her second video, same girl, now she's complaining about the microchip that's in her arm. Go ahead. The government has frozen my bank account and it can freeze yours too. You have to listen to my story quick and fast because time is running out. A few days ago, I made a post on social media about a danger of having a chip implanted in my arm. I thought I was exercising my right to free speech. This morning I woke up only to find that the video I posted was gone and it was just the beginning of the nightmare. As I was trying to pay for my coffee, the microchip in my arm stopped working. I couldn't even pay for anything. And when I got back to my apartment, it locked me out too. Everything was in there, including my cat Misty. This is why I posted this video as a warning and a plea for help. What happened to her cat Misty? That's what I want to know. How is Misty doing now? Because this was in April, we're in May. By the way, welcome to May. The real question in this whole thing is, is Misty okay? Is Misty okay? That was quick, two days later. So apparently, she, she, she posted it, and she got it, and then after getting it, uh, she posted. Now, I looked for that other video that she talked about. Uh, it's not anywhere to be found. I couldn't find it on her social medias. So if she did post a video truly warning people not to get the microchip that she got, it's nowhere to be found. It's nowhere to be found. So maybe they did take it down. Again, I don't know if this girl is fully legit. However, the technology is legit. The technology is available. It is legit. And so it's been around now for, what, close to, close to 30 years. And so it's not like anything new. This is not a conspiracy theory. It exists. As people put in the comments, it's already in people's pets. You know, so if it's in people's pets, you know, you're the next thing. But here's what's interesting when you start thinking about what she's saying now. And uh, that's exactly the thing you have to remember is if, let me give you a perfect example. 
If you have a, 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 a car, a newer vehicle, for example, something that's in a, that has OnStar, like an OnStar-enabled vehicle, something like, and it doesn't have to be an electric car like a Tesla. It doesn't have to be that at all. It could be something like my truck has OnStar built in. Now, I don't know if you know this or not, but even as something as, as simple as OnStar, right? If you're familiar with that, with that service, did you know, <clears throat> like if you get locked out of your vehicle, OnStar can remotely unlock your vehicle, but it can also remotely lock your vehicle. The other thing is this, OnStar's service can literally turn your engine off. And that's a safety precaution uh, for a couple of things. Number one, if your car is stolen, obviously they can, through OnStar, track where your car is, right? So even if someone steals your vehicle, they know where it's at. But number two, they can just turn the engine off remotely of your vehicle so that, for example, if somebody did steal your car, they can't drive it anywhere because OnStar will just shut the engine off. The other safety precaution is if you get into a car accident and you hit the front and the engine's on fire and the car's on fire, they can turn the engine off to stop fuel from continually going into the engine and feeding the fire. So uh, it's not just electric cars either. So my car's not electric, but it has OnStar. So all those things could happen for my car. So here's the other thing. Think about, think about the bigger picture here. She said something or did something, right, that apparently, if it's true, the government didn't like. Uh, there was another video she posted. She's getting all these calls from the government. Uh, she's getting all these different calls from uh, uh, different co corporations uh, complaining about things she's saying. Okay, so, yeah, that's what I'm saying, Jessica. They can also lock the doors on you. That's exactly right. So anything they can do to others, they can also do to you. So the thing she's saying is they didn't like what she said. Now, this is not just in Australia. It was, who, who was it? PayPal and Venmo announced that if, if you started posting, if they found on your social media, this was through 2020, 2021, 22, if they found misinformation on your social media accounts, they would actually begin to take money like a penalty out of your account for each piece of misinformation that they found on your social media. And I think it was like a $1,500 fine and Venmo or PayPal would just remove it from your account. And uh, same thing with GoFundMe, as we saw the trucker convoy up through Canada and all those people donated to the truckers and, and all that. And then GoFundMe just said, sorry, we're not gonna give that money to anybody. We're keeping your money. We're not gonna give it to those that it was given or donated to. Okay, they didn't like the convoy. They didn't, you know, and then Venmo and PayPal don't like the misinformation what we, what we thought was misinformation, when in reality, the, the same things you could be kicked off social media for saying two years ago, the actual government is saying now publicly, right? They did a seven, they did a seven university independent study of the efficacy of masks and found out that masks did little to nothing and posted this in the New York Post, that masks did little to nothing to stop the, the spread of COVID-19. Okay, so the things you could have been kicked off social media for saying two years ago, the government is saying now, the news is saying now. So who's to determine what misinformation is? And if you don't say what they want you to say, 
you know, this is no longer conspiracy theory because they're doing it. It's not a theory. It's actually in practice uh, by governments and corporations. So let's say, for example, you came up with something like China has a social credit system where if you don't act the way they want you to act, say what they want you to say, do what they want you to do, your social credit score goes down. And let's say, for example, your social credit score dropped below a certain uh, number that they've specified. Well, there goes your ability to spend. There goes your ability to travel. There goes your ability to buy and sell, all those different things. Again, if we are away from both systems to now just a digital ecosystem, they've got the ability to do that. They're already doing it. They've already got the power to do that, and they're already doing it, right? So these things are not coming in the future. These things are happening now. These things are happening now. I'm going to share another thing with you that you may not know uh, if, you've, <clears throat> if you've never heard this before. And again, think about where we're at. Think about how close we are. If Jesus Christ, now if you're watching this and you don't know me, you don't know this ministry, I do believe uh, you know, in, in a, a dispensational uh, eschatology, end times Bible prophecy. I believe in a pre-tribulation rapture. I I believe in those things. Um, But if Jesus were to come, you can't think like, well, you know, the rapture will happen. That's going to take like a hundred years for the antichrist system to set up the governmental uh, and economic system structurally for them to take over. No, it's going to have to, it's going to have to jump right in. It's going to have to jump right in. Those things will have to be available. They'll have to be available. So as we watch it taking place, as we watch it happening, you start to realize these things are already in place. They're already in place uh, for us to facilitate end times prophecy being fulfilled. There. Um, this is the other thing I wanted to, to share with you. Now, it, it, you're talking digital currency, Right. Lester Summerall said that the United States of America is the last nation, at, like, like a, a dominoes, that needs to fall before this globalist antichrist system can fully take over. Um, because think about it. If there's going to be a one world system, there cannot be strong independent nations that stand in the way of that one world system. You can't have strong independent nations. They have to bow their knee and they have to come under the umbrella of that one world system. And so you can't have nations just doing whatever they want and uh, throwing a wrench in the plans, you know, of, of the antichrist system. So um, America is a very important nation, a very important nation. That's why we're declaring America shall be saved. That's why we're believing God. We're not going to see America fall. While the church of Jesus Christ is still here, we have dominion, we have authority. That's why it's an important thing. But uh, as you see these Bible prophecies coming to pass, and you see these things happening to facilitate Bible prophecy, very interesting to think about, um, moving away from, so there's got to be a plan to destroy uh, the nation of America. There's got to be a plan to bring America under. Again, remember this, America is not one of the nations mentioned in Bible prophecy. You know, you wonder about that. Why, why would that be? If um, Now, there are a couple of little places where people say that could be a reference maybe 
to the United States of America. But, but America is not a central figure in Bible prophecy, like Russia is, like China is, like Iran and Iraq are. They're, they're just not, like Turkey is. Uh, you know, they're, they're just not. So what does that mean? It could, it could mean a m- multiple things. It could mean, number one, that by the time those things that are prophesied are happening, America's no longer an independent nation. Could mean that. It could also just mean that we don't have uh, any kind of um, significant impact on end times. Again, the end times Bible prophecy does not center around America. It centers around Israel. So uh, it just could mean that we don't have any significant impact during that time, which means we may have been brought low by that time. You don't know what it means, but there's, they're not a central, we're not a centralized figure in Bible prophecy. So if we're a powerhouse now, that means something has to happen. Don't you look around and think to yourself, like, I thought we were getting the smartest people available, you know, to put in positions of power to run. How can a, how can a government that taxes his people so much be in 30 some trillion dollars of debt? How do you get to that place? I mean, how do you get to that place? It's almost like it's planned. It's almost like it's planned. Well, now you've got nations that are standing against even the United States dollar being kind of the main uh, form of currency for these nations. Well, if you didn't know about this, there is uh, a group that's been formed called BRICS. If you're not familiar with that, it's B-R-I-C-S, BRICS. And it's, it's Brazil, Russia, India, um, China and South Africa. Currently, those five nations <clears throat> have made up that that BRICS group, and uh, Brazil, China, uh, Russia, India, China, South Africa, and there are other nations that are looking to become a part of their plans. Um, and if you didn't know this, by the way, I'm going to read you a couple articles that'll uh, kind of blow your mind a little bit. The BRICS group wants to move away from the U.S. dollar as the main form of currency and form their own currency. I'll read you a couple of things on that in a moment. But you say, well, how impactful is that? Well, just do the population math of those five nations, right? Brazil, 216.8 million people. Russia, 146.1 million people. India, 1.4 billion people. China, 1.45 billion people. South Africa, 61 million people. That's 3.27 billion people out of 8 million on the planet. That's approximately 41% of the world's population. 41%. Those five nations make up 41% of the world's population. All right. Well, if you've got a, a, a currency that is being used by 41% of the world's population. And that's before a list of other nations who are interested even get involved. What if you got to the place where you could see 50% of the world, 4 billion people are, are using one currency. That's halfway, think about that. That is halfway to a one world currency. You're halfway there. And it, it won't take much longer to get to that number uh, with where we're at right now. We're already at 
50%, half of the world, and then you're halfway to Bible prophecy, one world currency. Let me read this to you. This is on Bitcoin.com. Bitcoin.com. The BRICS nations are reportedly working on developing a new form of currency, which is expected to be discussed at the next BRICS Leaders Summit, according to a top Russian official. The transition to settlements and national currencies is the first step. The next one is to provide the circulation of digital or any other form of a fundamentally new currency in the nearest future, the deputy chairman of the Russian state Duma was quoted as saying. Um, This was, by the way, posted on April 1st of this year. The BRICS countries are reportedly working on creating a new form of currency and plan to present its development to the BRICS Leaders Summit in August. And so they're talking about a digital currency. They're talking about digital currency. Let me read you this from foreignpolicy.com. A BRICS currency could shake the dollar's dominance. Well, that's their goal. They want to shake the dollar's dominance. They don't want the U.S. dollar dominating the financial market anymore. So countries that are clearly at odds with us, though we're not currently, quote unquote, at war, um, Russia, China, nations that are literally doing what they can. If you saw all the things that China is buying up in America, it would blow your mind. If you saw all of the things that China is purchasing uh, in America, it would blow your mind. But listen to this. This is posted just a few days ago, April the 24th. Talk of de-dollarization is in the air. Last month in New Delhi, Alexander Babakov, deputy chairman of Russia's state Duma, said that Russia is now spearheading the development of new currency. It is to be used for cross-border trade by the BRICS nations, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. Weeks later in Beijing, Brazil's president, Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva, uh, chimed in every night, he said, listen to this, every night he asks himself why all countries have to base their trade on the U.S. dollar. Every night he's asking himself, why do nations, all nations, have to base their trade on the U.S. dollar? So these developments, um, they're going to they're call this currency, just for the sake of discussion, the brick, like the, like the euro, the dollar, the brick. Um, they're making plans to create this currency to take down the U.S. dollar's dominance, okay? Um, this could be the rise, um, one, one article here says, posted on April 4th, this could be the rise of a new global currency. Think about that. This could be the rise of a new global currency. They write here, by providing an alternative to the U.S. dollar and the euro, the proposed digital currency could promote economic cooperation, stability, and growth among emerging economies. Now, now hold on. Let me read that again, just so you can, you can hear the verbiage. The proposed digital currency could promote economic cooperation. <laughs> what does that mean? Economic cooperation. It means they want all nations getting in on this. Again, it's the, they're talking about the rise of a new global currency, not regional, right? New global currency. Uh, this digital currency could promote 
economic cooperation, stability, stability and growth among emerging economies. So now we're in a position where we have nations that are, are, are run in a much different way than the United States of America uh, that want to now control the world currency, but look how they want to do it via a digital currency. A what? A digital currency. You have to realize, you have to realize that when you've got nations, especially communist nations like China, where if you even say anything against the Chinese government, the Chinese police, I saw a video recently, a guy was dragged into a, a, um, an interrogation room, strapped to a chair, until they basically said, no, wh- wh- why are you saying these things against the Chinese police? Why are you saying these things against the police? Until he just completely had said, no, I was mistaken, I was mistaken. You're not, there is no free speech. There is no freedom to worship. You can't just do what you want. People are so foolish, you know, they want, that's why I get so angry at people that badmouth the United States of America. And then you've got these dummies out here on Christian magazines, blogs, and websites talking about the evil of Christian nationalism. These people are so stupid that I can, I can barely believe that they even are able to walk and talk. That's how stupid they are. Christian nationalism. What Christian should hate their nation? I mean, like, are these people stupid? Yes, is my answer. They are stupid. What Christian should hate their nation? What Christian should not be believing for the best in their nation? What Christian should not be happy to see God move in their nation? You say, what? You, you think Christians shouldn't be involved in politics? You don't, you don't think Christians should have a say in what's going on in their nation? You don't think Christians should be able? I mean, the Bible says that we're not, we're not only to pray for our leaders, we're to pray for our, uh, those in authority, we're to pray for our nation, we're to pray for the people in the nation. Amen. Absolutely stupid. Talking about this Christian nationalism has destroyed Christianity. First of all, you can't destroy Christianity. That's the first thing. You can't destroy Christianity. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. But then to act like you're supposed to be indifferent somehow about your country, indifferent about your nation. And I'm just telling you right now, there are people that have shed their blood. I want you to hear this. There are people that have shed their blood for the freedom of this nation so that people can just get up and go to church and not have to wonder if there's going to be people standing outside the church with machine guns telling them that they're not allowed to worship or shooting them for showing up with a Bible. And there's people that have given their lives so that we can live in a free nation with freedom of speech, freedom to worship, freedom to gather. And there's people that badmouth. There's people in America badmouthing America. And then I was like, if it gets anywhere, I'm going to move to. I notice none of them are moving. None of them are moving. I notice. Taylor Swift is still here. Miley Cyrus is still here. All the people that want to kneel on the United States American flag, they're all still here for some reason. Apparently, I mean, think about this. It's not even enough to get them to move to Canada. Forget Europe, forget other nations. Apparently, these hypocrites, these stupid, I mean, like, you couldn't be more dumb than this. And apparently, they're not, it's not enough for them to move even just a little bit north into Canada. 
They won't move. They won't leave the, they won't leave the nation. You know why they won't leave the nation? This is the nation where they've been blessed and gives them the opportunity to be blessed. This is the, this is the nation that gives what they, people call, you know, the, 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 the land of opportunity. Why? You're playing a game and making millions of dollars, but you're not willing. You know why? That's why you're not willing to leave. You have the freedom to say what you want, live where you want, worship how you want, do what you want. Blows my mind. But people, people want to rail on Christians that are believing for this nation and, or their nation. Doesn't matter where they're at. Believing for their nation to be blessed, believing for their nation to be saved. And the devil's got a plan to destroy nations. And there is a plan to destroy the United States of America. If, if people can't see that, they're just blind. They're just blind. And you can see, once this stuff is put in place, fully put in place where there's no other option but that, then you start to see true control. I mean, they were doing it, I believe these last few years, it was like a test run. There were grocery stores that would not let people in without uh, a jab passport. There were, they wouldn't let them in unless you saw evidence. I mean, I'm, I'm being totally honest with you. <clears throat> unless you bowed your knee, did what they said, you couldn't come in and get your groceries. You couldn't, I mean, it's a test run. It's a test run to see how subservient people are. If people can't see that, blind, absolutely blind. And there is a plot to destroy this nation. Has to be. There has to be. Because this nation is standing in the way currently of what the antichrist system wants to do. You can't have all these freedoms. Why do you think people are fighting so hard against constitutional rights? Why do you think the globalist antichrist agenda fights so hard against constitutional rights? Because you can't take a nation like this one over if people have constitutional rights given to them. It's pretty hard to just make everybody do whatever you want if you know, you've got a ton of citizens that are armed to the teeth. It's very hard to do that. And that was the whole point. That's why they put it in the Constitution, by the way for tyrannical leadership that would try to uh, oppress them. And you know, people, people that are as obtuse and stupid as Piers Morgan that would argue that fact. Why do you need guns? Because I'm protecting myself in case there's ever some kind of a tyrannical government that tries to oppress the people. Oh, you really think that's going to happen? It's happened in other nations in the last 50 years. It's not like it's something from 3,000 years ago. It's something that happened in other nations in the last 50 to 100 years. And people are the same no matter where you go. So don't think that just because we live in America that people with power don't want to oppress. They just can't oppress to the degree they can in other nations that don't have a constitution. They can't oppress like other nations do because we have a constitution. That's why they want to tear it up. That's why they want to tear it up. Why do you think it's so important who gets on the Supreme Court? They, they don't want people to have freedom of speech. They don't want people to have the right to bear arms. They don't want people to have the freedom to worship, freedom to gather. They don't want it. They don't want people to just be able to do it. Look at these nations where they, people don't have control. Are they able to just go to church whenever they want? No, they're not. Are they able to have Bibles? No. Why do they outlaw Bibles? What's, what's the point of outlaw, outlawing a book? They know how much power it carries. You go to the Middle East, you can't have Bibles, you can't bring Bible in. If I'm correct about this and somebody can Google it for me, 
You shouldn't, I don't even think you can have a Bible in the airport in Dubai, in the United Arab Emirates. Going to Iran and Iraq, you know, China, you can't have Bibles. Can't have church. Why do you think they have to have an underground church? Can't, don't have freedom. Don't have freedom. Government-run, state-run religions. And I'm telling you, this is what's going on. The devil wants to get rid of. It's, it's, it's so mind-blowing to me. You see, people don't see this stuff. We're talking about the end times today. Jesus prophesied the world would li- be like it was in the days of Lot and the days of Noah. What were those days like? Go back and read it for yourself. The days of Noah, the Bible says that when God looked upon the earth, everywhere he looked, there were two things, violence and corruption. Violence and corruption. Look around today. Everywhere you look, violence and corruption. And what was it like in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah? Unbridled sexual perversion. Same as today. Isn't it interesting to you? You can go look at the LGBTQIA plus community. Now it's 2S LGBTQIA plus, two spirits. It blows my mind that you never see them railing against Muslims, surrounding mosques. You don't see that. You don't see that. (laughs) You know why? I know why. I'm just wondering if you do. It's always Christians. It's always churches. It's never mosques. It's never Muslims. You don't see them all with their blue hair standing outside of a mosque laying across the driveway so that the the Muslims can't drive into the parking lot for mosque. You don't see it. You don't see it. In fact, it's very interesting. You don't see these contingents even in these Muslim nations, just here in the United States of America. And there's a plot. If you don't think there's a plot I saw something yesterday. There's a plot to demasculinize men. Sperm counts over the last 50 years have drastically dropped in men. They want to feminize men. They want to weaken men. They want to tear men out of the homes. I mean, the statistics are clear. If you look, you can actually predict uh, the markers. Uh, if, if a child is going to end up being a problem to the government and to society, you can predict the markers. And the number one predictor is fatherlessness. The number one predictor is fatherlessness. They know that already. But there's a plan to destroy families, to demasculinize men. Where do you, you think you come up with these phrases, toxic masculinity? Are you kidding me? Toxic masculinity. There's no such thing as toxic masculinity. How come there's no such thing? How come we never hear about toxic femininity? Why is there an attack against strong men? And there is an attack against strong men and fathers. Because the devil hates fathers and he knows that the, the authority that God grants is delegated through the home through the father. And children growing up in ways they never should have to. Let me tell you, if this nation goes to war, I'll tell you who I don't want out there. A bunch of guys that had puberty blockers. A bunch of guys taking estrogen pills. I'll tell you who I don't want out at war. A bunch of guys identifying as dogs, cats, and frogs. You can call me frog self. That's my pronoun, frog self. That's what I don't want. There's a plot 
to feminize men and to destabilize our nation. Do you know other nations are laughing at this nation? They're laughing at America. I listen to them online talk. I listen to their leaders. Like, what's going on? They, there's other nations with war on their mind, with control on their mind, looking over here and just laughing that we're all caught up in whether or not we're cats, dogs, or frogs. And there's an agenda by the Antichrist. There's an agenda by the spirit of this world to try to destroy the next generation, to try to destroy nations that would stand in the way of the plan of the Antichrist. So the question, what are we to do? We know these things now. We see it's all in play. We see it's all in play right now. What are we as believers to do about it? First, go to 1 Peter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5. And verse number... Let's start with verse number 6. 1 Peter 5, 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him, for he cares for you. So first of all, you don't need to be afraid. You don't need to be anxious. You don't need to be afraid. You don't need to be freaked out. Bible prophecy is not in place so that you can walk around in fear. Hear that. Bible prophecy is not in place so that you can walk around in fear. In fact, you are commanded to not be afraid. Philippians, Paul commanded the Philippians, don't be anxious about anything. Here, Peter commands us. Cast all your anxieties upon him. So Bible prophecy is not here. We read it and we see what's going on in the world and then we walk around, don't ever want to leave the house like it's the walking dead. No, that's not why we have Bible prophecy. There is a hope. Amen. A blessed hope, Paul said. He gave us this. The Holy Ghost gave us this so that we can have a hope of what's to come. Notice, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Be, now, here's what you say, what should I do? Here's what you should do. Be sober-minded and watchful because your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. So number one, don't be afraid. Number two, be sober-minded and watchful. King James said, vigilant, stay watchful, stay sober-minded, amen, because the enemy's prowling around like a roaring lion looking for somebody to devour, and my, my confession, yours should be as well, I'm not devourable, I am not devourable, I'm sober-minded, I'm watchful, resist him, verse 9, firm in your faith knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And after you've suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will establish, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Amen. And again, Peter's writing to the churches in Asia Minor who are going through suffering and tribulation, persecution. 
They're already going through it. We've not really hit that yet in America, but they were already going through it. And he said, number one, don't put any, don't put any anxiety on yourself, cast it on Christ. Be sober-minded, be watchful. So first things we need to be, number one, not anxious. Number two, sober-minded and watchful. There's people that are so caught up in everything, pleasures of this world and everything that's going on, just goofing off all the time. They've forgotten. Stay sober-minded. Be watchful. Be on your guard. Put that in the comments today. Be on your guard. Be on your guard. Put it in the comments. Be on your guard. That's why these things need to be talked about every once in a while. Because people need to remember where we're at and what's going on in the world. Be on your guard. Be on your guard. What else? John chapter 9. Again, I quote this. I love to quote this. John chapter 9 and verse 4. This is now Jesus talking. What else do we need to do? Since we know these things, what else do we need to do? John 9, 4. We must work the works of him who sent me. That's Jesus speaking, talking about the Father. While it is still daytime, night is coming when no one can work. So notice this is urgency Jesus is putting into the hearts of his disciples. We must work the works of him who sent me. While it's day, night is coming when no one can work. Limited time. So don't just be uh, free from anxiety, free from worry, free from care, but also be sober-minded, be watchful, and be ready to do the work God sent you to do. While it's still daytime, work with urgency. Work with urgency. Work with urgency. You see that? Work with urgency. It's time for souls to come in. It's time to go after the lost. The work is urgent. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Hear what I'm saying? Jesus is coming soon. The signs are all around us. And we're seeing signs now for the second coming of Christ. Because there's no signs for the rapture. The rapture is a signless coming of Christ. Signless. It just takes place. And it's done. There are no signs. But I'm telling you, we're seeing signs of the second coming. That's the coming of Christ that has all of the signs that precede it. And if we're already seeing signs for the second coming and the rapture hasn't even happened, how much closer do you think we are? How much closer do you think we are? So number one, don't be anxious about anything. Don't be fearful. Have faith. Walk in faith. That's why. There's a spirit of faith in the air. That's why we're singing that. That's why we're preaching that. That's why we believe that. Spirit of faith. But number two, be sober-minded. Keep the things in your mind. We're serious about it. But number three, be urgent in your work. Be urgent in your work. Hallelujah. Be urgent in your work. Going after souls like you've never gone after souls. When was the last time you brought somebody to church? When was the last time you invited somebody that you know that doesn't serve Jesus to come to church? Did you know that over 80 some percent of people now, statistics are telling us, over 80 some percent of people said, no, I've not been, but I would be willing to go to church if someone invited me, but nobody's invited me. Bring somebody to church. Invite people that don't know Jesus 
not just witness to them, bring them to the house of God. Bring them to the house of God. Amen. Bring them to the house of God. Do the work that Christ has anointed you to do. You're Christ. I want you to put this in the comments. I am Christ's anointed worker. I am Christ's anointed worker. Yes, he's got many, many workers, but it does you good to personalize it so that you don't push it off onto somebody else and say, well, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll handle it. They'll no. I am Christ's anointed worker. I am Christ's anointed worker. Hallelujah. And you are, you are anointed by the power of God. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is yet day. Night is coming where no one can work. And so we're going after it. We're going after it with everything we have, knowing that time's running out. Think about this. Time is coming to a close. It's a a mind-blowing thing to think about this, but time's coming to a close. Time's coming to a close. Can you imagine? There's not one Bible prophecy that has to be fulfilled before Jesus can rapture his church. Not one. He's literally only waiting on the precious fruit of the earth. That's it. That's it. He's waiting on the precious fruit of the earth because he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Now, people will perish. Jesus said, It's a straight path. It's a narrow path and only a few will find it. So people will perish, but not because God wants them to. He's not willing that any should perish. Hmm. But that all should come to repentance. So he's just waiting on the precious fruit of the earth. And we are God's anointed workers. We're Christ's anointed workers to do the things we've been called to do. We have the ability. We have the power. We have it. We have it. All we got to do is go and do it. Amen. Did you know that uh, Lester Summerall used to refer to the church of Jesus Christ, us, as Acts 29? If you know, the book of Acts has 28 chapters, but it does not have a formal ending. Do you know why? Because those acts are still taking place today. And that we are the 29th chapter of Acts. Until Jesus comes, we're doing the work of Christ while we can still do the work of Christ, while there's still time. It's a supernatural thing, and it's a big and important responsibility. And you're anointed. Hallelujah. You're anointed to do it. Praise God. You're anointed to do it. I want you to take one more minute, if you would, share this broadcast. I'm getting ready to give you a big announcement that I'm very excited about. A big announcement that I'm excited about. Do you know, as we know Jesus is coming, I, do you know, I had no plans whatsoever to launch a church. None. I had no plans to launch a church. You know, I've, I've been an evangelist um, pretty much for my whole ministry. You know, there was a period where I, I was with my uncle, helping him as his associate, planning a church in, in uh, Virginia Beach. And even that made no sense to me because I knew I was called to be an evangelist. And I thought, you know, why would God have me do this work knowing that he called me to be an evangelist. Well, it makes sense now. Didn't make sense then. But uh, after evangelizing all these years, the Lord spoke to us, as you know, to launch the church. And we did it. We did it. And in March, we launched Miracle Word Church in West Palm Beach, Florida. Hallelujah. We launched West Palm Beach 
uh, Miracle Word Church. All of, if you didn't know, you can check it out online, miracleword.com. But it was amazing. It's everything God's done has been a miracle. Everything, literally everything. Uh, we just finished our first month. Uh, again, today's May 1st. Yesterday, we finished our first month ever as a church. And it's been amazing. I'm so thankful for the amazing families that God's blessed us with already. God has given us great, great people. I mean, great people. And I'm so thankful for every person we have in the church already. And it's only been one month. Um, and do you know, nobody in, in West Palm Beach wanted to work with the church. Nobody did. We had people hang up on us. They said, oh, you're a church. Yeah, we don't want to work with the church. And literally just hung up the phone. And uh, so Jenna, who's our administrator, many of you know her, she said, you know what, if realtors aren't going to be able to help us, I'm just going to go and find it myself. And she started searching uh, through the West Palm Beach area. Do you know the only instruction that the Holy Ghost ever gave me about the church? He said, start at the airport and work out from there. That was the, the instruction of the Lord. Start at the airport and work out from there. Even the places we've been meeting have been right near the airport. So God's opened the doors, but nobody wanted to work with the church. She found this one. You know what I told her? I said, listen, if people don't want to work with a church, I said, when you're looking at these properties, just tell people, because it's true, it's not a lie. I said, tell people that we're a television studio that has a live audience and films on Sunday mornings, because we do, and we're on television all over the world. And so I said, just tell her that we're a, a, we're a television studio recording live with a live audience Sunday mornings every week. And so she told this next lady, she said, this is what we are. She said, are you a church? You can just tell me if you are. And Jenna, she's not going to lie. She said, yes, we are a church. And the lady said to her surprise, this would be a great place for a church. This would be a great place uh, for, for a church to be. And so we looked in our, our prayer point. We only had, we had very few prayer points on what it was. We knew we, where we wanted to be located, where the Holy Ghost said, but we said, Lord, we need the space to do what you've asked us to do. We don't want anything less than 15,000 square feet. Nothing less than 15,000 square feet. We go in to look at this property and the property is in a prime location right in between Interstate 95 and US 1 Dixie Highway. And the property, initially, the portion we were taking in the anchor space of a huge plaza, 1,400 parking spaces, is 15,000 square feet. And then, and then, think about this. We just did another walkthrough and found there's another portion that's right added onto it. And it was perfect for everything we need for the church. I said, add that on. We need it. And so now it's going to be 16,300 square feet of prime location property. As Jess Burton is saying in the comments, uh, in the anchor of West Palm's revitalization, as the, the mayor has been there probably about five times over the last month and a half. Uh, working on this. Luxury apartments are getting ready to go up. They just revamped the golf course. They've got um, million-dollar homes going up, up, going up uh, U.S. Dixie Highway, U.S. 1. Amazing. Right in the middle of everything. And we're so excited to announce that we signed all the paperwork and took possession of our new home in West Palm Beach, uh, which is going to be the future home now of Miracle Word Church. Take a look. You can see the picture. Uh, there's the beginning of the plaza. That is the anchor location of the plaza. If you've got the zoomed in picture, you can see that's the, um, that is the anchor location. So literally when you turn into the parking lot off of US one, you are turning, you're driving straight toward the church. 
driving straight towards the open uh, doors of the church, right there in the middle. And so it's amazing. God gave us prime property and uh, we took possession and uh, we're starting demolition and construction. So excited about this. Starting demolition and construction this week. And uh, God blessed us with some amazing, amazing uh, property. So let me tell you this. As we go in, uh, we found out that the, just the security deposit uh, for this location was going to be $50,000. And um, somebody came up and said, you know, I felt my spirit that you were going to need this very quickly, handed a check for $50,000, the exact amount. And I'm going to tell you that it is everything that we need. This space is everything that we need. It's beautiful, um, beautifully located, and it's got all of the, uh, we, we, Carolyn and I just walked through a perfect wing for children's ministry, uh, babies, nursing mothers, toddlers, big kids, check-in area. I mean, beautiful. We're going to blow out a 3,000 square foot lobby, just everything. It's, it's going to be so great. I cannot wait to get into that place. I can't wait to get into that place. And so uh, all the stuff now, we're, we're, we're working in overdrive now, working in overdrive to get this place ready to go. And I want to give those of you that are watching, those that are connected to this ministry, I want to give you an opportunity today to uh, sow seed into what God's doing at Miracle Word Church. And you know, it's an interesting, this is a unique ministry to be connected to because we're not just a church, we're an evangelistic ministry. These revivals are still going, still happening. The church is built and growing. And God's doing a unique thing to touch this nation before Jesus comes. Say, so do the work. That's what I'm preaching today. We're doing the work that needs to be done before Jesus comes back. So we're getting ready to order all of our chairs for the sanctuary. We're getting ready to order. That's, that's going to be tens of thousands of dollars right there just for the chairs. We're, gonna, we're getting ready to order all the carpeting that we're going to need, all the stuff that's going into this build out of the building. And so I want to encourage you today and challenge you to sow a significant offering into Miracle Word Church and Miracle Word Ministries today as we're getting ready to do the biggest thing that we've ever done. <laughs> and I couldn't be more excited to get into that place and start doing all that. It's going to be nice just having uh, the ability to go in not just on Sunday morning and be able to do other things. VBS is for the kids and, you know, women's conference, men's conference, and just all the different stuff we'll have the ability to do revivals, extended revivals, you know, uh, meeting together. It's going to be awesome. I'm very, very excited to, to get that place going and finish it up and get moved in. And, um, and so I want to encourage you, the information's on the screen. Take a step of faith today and sow that, sow that seed. People have been sowing largely from their business, personally, from their ministries. And uh, we do, if Kim, if you go um, to miracleword.com uh, forward slash give, you'll see all the different ways to give there. If you want to use Venmo, we've got PayPal, Cash App, whatever. We've got all the different ways. Um, we're very excited about that. But I'm telling you, I can't wait. I can't wait to get in. It's going to be supernatural. I mean, it's been supernatural every step of the way. Every step of the way, God's done it. Opened the doors, provided all the resources, and this is going to be no different. God's going to do supernatural things, even as we're building and, uh, and, and re renovating the inside. I'm so, so, so happy. I couldn't be more happy than I am. I I'm telling you, I could not be more happy than I am. I'm very, very excited. So connect with us. And um, we've had people that are sowing, as I said, from their businesses, ministries, personally, large seeds. 
We have people that just sowed, as I said, someone just sowed 50,000, somebody else just sowed 150,000, someone else just came and dropped a check for 10,000. And I'm telling you, the, the, the harvest that's attached to this is always connected to the seed that God instructs you to sow. And so we're going to pray. The Lord will speak to you. But remember this, we are the ones through our obedience who determine our next level of blessing. It's not God. That blows people's minds to hear that. But it's not God who determines people's next level of blessing and increase. We determine it by our obedience to sow seed. And the seed is what calls out to the harvest and calls it back into our lives. So Father, I pray that you'd speak to every man, speak to every woman today that's watching this or listening to this, and give them that instruction. Let them hear from your spirit what you'd have them to sow by faith towards Miracle Word Church. And we thank you for that. We give you praise for it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.